Hi, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm your host, Tony speaking. Tonight, I have Clint with me as my co-host and a very special guest joining us tonight as Bealey, the tournament organizer of Kumite in Tennessee. Uh, say hi, Bealey. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. I go by KIT Bealey for the people that go to the events. Uh, Bealey works as well, but most most people know me as KIT Bealey or short, you know, Kumite in Tennessee. Bealey. And I've just been, you know, in the doing this for a long time long enough to for people to just <laughs> it just stuck kit really just been a, a thing that's uh stuck to me awesome well thanks, thanks for having me, yeah thanks for uh joining us on uh, good to game radio really appreciate you uh giving us your time tonight and uh, we're really looking forward to uh hearing all about the kumite and uh your life as a tournament organizer so thanks again for joining us you know basically um yeah. you ran the uh, kumite in uh, tennessee in lebanon the last uh, a couple weeks ago and you guys yep, also yep. do what Kumite in Texas? We do. And yep. uh, is there another one called the Summer Bash? We do one in Summer Bash, uh, and, and obviously all these things were pre-COVID, right? Pre-2020, um, we were nonstop running uh, multiple events throughout the year. So we do, those are the three that we run, that we own. Um, we also partner up with other events throughout the year that we had. We were slated to do last year. Which never happened, but we were planning on doing Defend the North um, as well. Um, and this is the New York event. Uh, it was actually right in Manhattan, New York City. Um, and I think it was the Marriott, New York, I think, as well. Um, but, you know, another large fighting game event, uh, fighting game focus event, I would say, kind of like how we are. We're fighting game focused, but there's a lot of other stuff attached to it. Uh, but th- those are the three main ones. So, some rash. KIT in Tennessee and KITX in Texas. Originally, we just ran KIT only, just the only Tennessee event. We've later added the Texas event, and we added it basically because I moved to Texas. So, you know, when I moved to Texas nice. four or five years ago, <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? I live here, and we can keep the acronym. Like, KIT still well, fits, you know, fits the bill. And I feel like we weren't too far away enough from, from Nashville, from Tennessee, for us to be able to haul our equipment down and run an event in Texas. And we have a lot of good contacts, not just throughout the industry in general, but we created a good name for ourselves in the South. And Texas wasn't too far, so we decided to jump on the opportunity. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I live here, you know, so it, it makes sense. We ran our first event three years ago in Texas, which went really well. And it's really similar to KIT that we ran this year in, uh, in Lebanon. You know, we were attached to like a gaming convention, you know, of sorts. And we did the same thing. We had this similar type space, and we just ran a tournament alongside a convention. Uh, it went really well. Uh, it was well-received. And in the following year, we did KTX at the Esports Stadium in Arlington as a standalone fighting game event. And, so, and that was quite possibly our largest event to date. You know, And it's, it's a phenomenal facility. You know, it's, it was, it's, I think it still is the largest esports stadium in the United States. That uh, I was just down there last week uh, for the Cowboys yeah. game, and I looked across the way because it's right near the stadium, yep, and it, it said uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it says esports, e-sports stadium, esports stadium, and I, I immediately thought, you know, called. wow, they have a place that's totally dedicated to esports. I wonder what it's like. Yeah. But I that's think phenomenal. I saw I saw a picture on 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 your uh, Kumite gaming site. I think yes. one of the images was yep. from inside, yep. and it looked amazing. Yep. Uh, definitely, it is. It is. We were phenomenal. Personally, that was one of my favorite events in 
uh, in the KIT history of, of events. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, 2020 happened and kind of put a hamper in a lot of things. Um, and we've lost since then. We're, you know, we're unable to negotiate a contract back into the stadium. So, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of waiting to kind of see what how things unfold right in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Is that stadium still being used for other events? Um, yes, but not on the same scale as pre-COVID. So they do yeah. events, but, but they're not like maxing it out like they have. Um, and and they're, they're, it's all esports related, so they're still doing esports related type events. But, but I think since I last worked with them, the company either sold because you know because they didn't they didn't do anything for a year almost. Um, so I think they got a change in hands of management because the people that are working there now are no longer, they're not the same people that I've dealt with in the past. Um, so, so I think they had a transition of like ownership at some point. For, if you for- want, uh, Bealy, I'll, uh, I'll go down there and just flex on them a little bit for you. You know, I got your back. Yeah, I'll be like, Hey, I think, I think you, you kids need to get good. Right. That's what I'm going to tell them. And then I'm going to tell them to one V one me, bro. Exactly. You're no, gonna bring they, in they, some they, Irish muscle, uh, American muscle. So it so must only time will tell. Yeah. You know, for that aspect of things. But. So the uh, Kumite and Tennessee event a couple of weeks ago, that was actually uh, impressive turnout. No, it was good to see everybody again. I mean, it, you know, it had been over a year and a half since we actually last or ran our last event. Sorry. So it was good to see everybody. Face to face, you know, see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new people getting into the scene and checking out what tournament life is or how it is in the FGC, which is fighting in communities. We we use that term often. Um, so you know, it's, it's it's it was great. It was it was it was for me. I needed it. You know, it was it was a nice nice to see everybody again and kind of get in the swing of things to kind of show like, hey, look, you know, this, this is what it's about. And this is what it's uh, like. And and. And actually, you know, Tony, you haven't been to any of our other events, but the KIT that happened a couple of weeks ago is actually one of our lowest attending events in our recent history, actually. So, so typically we get actually more, a lot more people. You know, Tony was telling me uh, when we were talking before you joined that he went there and he was pretty blown away by how many people were in attendance. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. he, I guess there, there, there was a lot. There was a lot. By, by yeah, certainly, certainly there's a lot, but but for for us historically, we've had more. <laughs> yeah. So how many uh, competitors did you have? Like five hundred, about five hundred competitors this time. A little bit under five hundred, I think four, four eighty seven or four, four something seven four. I have to look, but I want to say four eighty seven or four fifty seven or sixty seven something yeah. seven. Uh, so I know it was just a hair shy five hundred uh, competitors that signed up. Okay. Typically, on a normal KIT, and, and this is in January, so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. January, I would I would assume that you get a lot less people in January because during tendency in January, it's cold, mm-hmm. usually in the first or second week. It's right after holidays, so most people don't want to travel. But even with those, that being said, we generally get more than 500 people. You know, we, we'll see like six, 700 people. And then on top of that, we get a lot of spectators that just show up and just come come to check out the event. Uh, spectator wise, I mean, we'll you know we'll see like 100, 150 people on top of our competitors, um, you know, up to 200 people uh, some weekends, some KITs. So that's just to give you a range, you know, of of like what we, we would typically see. Uh, our Texas event 
Yeah, I think it's just because it has a lot to do with just the state and just the population density. Uh, our Texas event has more people that come to our event in Texas than they do in our Tennessee event. So, it's, and, and it's just a, it's just a lot more, you know, a lot more people, a lot more people, and just per square mile, I guess, radius. And right in Dallas, it's really a three yeah. major metro areas, yeah. right? Between yeah, Dallas is like what a population of like one point something million, one point six million or something. Yeah, easily. So I, I've lived in both, and it is painfully obvious how much bigger of a city Dallas is than Nashville. Like, it, there's so many more people, and even the traffic is so much, you know, so much more of an issue. Like, that is one thing. Moving to Nashville is like moving to a little podunk town in comparison. Yeah, so Nashville is like, what, what's the, was it 400,000 people population or something like that? For a long time, yeah. It was less than yeah. half a million uh, in the yeah, metro. So, so, you know. So Nashville's, you know, and you take the same the same amount of area in, in Dallas, and this is Dallas, just Dallas. So I'm just talking about Dallas. And, you know, you look at Dallas, you look at Arlington, you look at Fort Worth, those are like three major cities right beside each other. You know, it's, yeah, it, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, even the smaller ones are way bigger than Nashville. And Dallas itself is like four times the size, you know, in terms of population of uh, Nashville, for example. So it, it helps, it helps for running events. In that kind of area just because just there's just more people that would be interested that they would just go you know just go just because it's in the area you know typically historically we we get a lot of people that travel from all over who come to our events so uh and it's usually over half usually let's say it's really close to half it's like 50 percent or above are just from outside of tennessee that come to our event what's your most popular uh game it ranges from year to year so I don't know uh, if you follow the fighting game scene as much, but fighting games rotate their games. So when when a fighting game comes out, it, it'll it'll peak out and, and and have a lot of attendance and and popularity for a number, like two three years, four five years. It depends on the game too, right? Um, but when the game first comes out, it's generally when you'll see the most attendance for any particular game. So some years some years my game will be Street Fighter. Uh, some years, some years will be Marvel vs. Combat. Some years will be Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat, or some years will be Injustice. Some year, so this year was Guilty Gear, uh, for KT this year, and that's why the the game was played last. So typically, final game is the game that has the most entrance. So we kind of reserve that spot for the final final game on Sunday. Uh, so whoever has the most registration. So Guilty Gear in this case was number one in terms of attendance, and then Tekken will be number two. Historically, we are known as a Tekken event. Uh, we favor Tekken uh, just because I grew up playing Tekken, and Tekken is the reason why I created KIT to begin with. But not just me; it's it's more than just me. You know, it's me and, and some friends, and we kind of teamed up and, and make KIT happen. But uh, Tekken is the reason why KIT exists. Are you super good at fighting games? Compared to the very competitive players that come to my events, no. So the ones that really play. And, and, and win and, and make a living out of it or part of a living, you know, earn some kind of winnings. I cannot beat those people. But safe to say, I can probably beat everybody else. Okay. Uh, if you're not a competitive player, then I can probably beat you based on just <laughs> uh, legacy skills, I guess I would call it. But but in terms of like real actual, like people who compete and, 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 and practice and, and plan and grind, uh, then no. So it, it, I guess comparisons, you know, if I was like a, a basketball player, I cannot beat anybody in the NBA, but if you don't play in the NBA, you probably can't beat me. 
right? Like I'm like, I'm at the bottom of that barrel, <laughs> you know, of the entry level. So if you can't beat me, then you don't need to join the NBA. And this this would kind of be like similar thing for like fighting games. Like if you can't beat me, <laughs> then don't expect to win tournaments anytime soon. Bailey, I don't I don't think you understand. I am undefeated versus <laughs> ever members of the Good to Game Radio podcast in fighting games, okay? That one time ever that I won v one Tony. I button mashed better than him. Okay. So undefeated in uh, Street Fire Five button mashing. But yeah, for me, uh, you know, I would say I'm nowhere near as good as the competitors that come to my events. I, I've just been playing long enough to kind of understand mm-hmm. understand fighting games in general and and, and know and know the core mechanics and and you know understand what it takes to win. I guess. So but what made you uh, want to start organizing tournaments? Nothing specifically. We just, you know, one day, and this is like in 2000, we decided we just want to run our own tournament just for fun. Just invite some friends over. And it was like a, you know, let's hey, let's put five bucks in each player and whoever wins gets most of it or whatever, you know, like do a split, like, you know, 80% first place and 20% second place, something, you know, just whatever, whatever number we did. I rented, uh, in Murfreesboro, you, you'd be familiar with this. I rented out, me and my friends rented out a corner of this place called uh, Go Karts and Golf mm-hmm. in Murfreesboro. And, and and so in this place, is, it's like a they have a whole bunch of pool tables that are coin-operated pool tables to kind of give you an idea. And some arcade machines, but that is later, you know, the lady who ran the place let us like borrow a corner and put a table with two TVs on and a couple PlayStation to run our first tournament. We, we invited people that we knew just, just through word of mouth, right? Because this is right. back then. This is, there was no such thing as social media and things like that. Forums was like the most that we can u- utilize in terms of communication with people or either that or just knowing people's phone numbers and just calling them. Uh, but cell phones weren't even a thing. You know, cell phones weren't even a thing. I was just still using. I just remember how you just, you knew everyone's phone number. Like that was a thing that you knew. You knew your friends, everyone's phone number. I had hundreds of those things memorized. Now it's like, I know my dad's and I have to second guess myself when I think about it. And he's had that same number for like 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, we, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we called the few people that we knew that played Tekken. They were just kind of close enough. And it was like a Saturday. It was a one day event and we knew it would just last a few hours. So we just invited people over. Um, and like, we had like five people total, including myself, enter <laughs> this tournament. So it was like five people or five or six people playing in this Tekken tournament. But we had a lot of, we had a blast. You know, we had a lot of fun. It certainly cost more money to rent that little corner than it, it the money brought in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but Did you fun. win? No. Uh, I, I lost horribly. Uh, and this this is when I was first started playing. I just enjoyed the game. And I was just no I was a super scrub back then. You know, I, I didn't really start getting good until like later, later in the years where I started really getting serious about it and say you know what this is fun i want to start learning more about it it was more of like a fan of the game and it just enjoyed the the coolness of you know playing arcades and stuff like that you know after the first one you know we had fun we we're like yeah this is fun let's do it again some other you know sometime in the future and we we're like okay cool you know and that, that was really the rest is history and we just did the next one the next year i think i was hey we'll just do another one and uh, i think someone one of our other people in our circle did the second one and at this time, we didn't name it anything. There was no real name for it um, yet at that point. So it, it wasn't called Kumite in Tennessee or anything like that. But after like two or three, 
you know, we decided, like me and my circle of friends decided to continue to run them in Middle Tennessee back to back to back year after year. And then that's that's when we adopted the name Kumite in Tennessee or KIT for short. Is that based off of like Bloodsport and Frank Dukes and all that? Is that okay? I love that a lot. That's exactly where it's from. It's literally from Bloodsport. And yeah, we just we just picked a goofy name and was like, you know what, Kumite sounds cool and KIT it makes sense. And uh, but yeah, we we just did that and you know, lo and behold, like you know, first event was like five and then it was like twelve and then. You know, I doubled like 16, 32, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just, just kind of making up the numbers, but like the numbers were doubling year after year after year. And, you know, at some point we were like at 64 people and kind of looking at each other like, man, this is kind of going somewhere. And we had a good turnout. And at some point uh, in all of our lives, you know, me and my partner, Ian, which you've met Tony and another one of our friends, Charlie, you know, we were part of the circle as well um, to run events. We, we all kind of, life just kind of hit us and we just started doing things that aren't, aren't gaming related, just kind of like girlfriends or wives or graduating college. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff like that was happening between, between all of us. Uh, and so, you know, I took a break. Uh, during that time, I was actually started going to GA, uh, Grand Adventures on, uh, you know, when it was on the original location, the first location. Mm-hmm. And this is when Grant owned it. This is before Chris was even involved with uh, GA. And uh, so I was dating somebody at the time, and I don't know if you remember her, Casey, but uh, so we started playing, you know, card games, and le- I learned how to play WoW, WoW TCG there, and so I was just doing other things. I was just doing non-fighting games. Uh, so we all kind of did our own thing, um, and we, so we kind of took a break from it. Um, our friends continued to run KT, uh, even after like the two to three years of me taking a break from it, and I would just go and help. I would just show up, go up and help, and then after that, I would just kind of go back and do what I did. You know, years on the road. Uh, Ian, my my partner now, he was getting married. So he got married that year, and uh, he was planning. You know, he was having kids and stuff like that. So he got married, and soon afterwards, his wife got pregnant. So I mean, li- life kind of was just hitting us at that point. And Ian's like, you know what? You know, I'm gonna walk away from this. It was fun while it lasted, and uh, you know, it was a good run. I was like, okay, cool, no problem. You know, at that point, I was like, I'm going back to college. Uh, I'm busy with life too, and then we were all in agreement. But even then, we still played Tekken for fun, or for mm-hmm. fighting games for fun, not just Tekken. Tekken, Smash Bros., Street Fighter, you, you name it, whatever was the new at the time. Uh, we would still meet up on like every other week or every week, as much as we could, just to play fighting games and just have fun. And I had went back to college the second time for this concrete degree, and on the on the semester, my last semester, I asked. You know, everybody, Ian, Charlie, both was a hey, look, as a graduation gift to myself, can we run one more KIT? <laughs> They're like, no, uh, we don't want to. We don't want to run a KIT. It's too much work. Um, and, I, and I just kept on bugging him for weeks and weeks and weeks. He's like, hey, man, I'm graduating pretty soon, man. Once, you know, I'm going to run this tournament. I already got a job. It's lined up and I'm going to move. So I'll, I'll be out of your hair and run this one. <laughs> Um, and, and they just kept on saying no, and, and, and then I made some kind of ultimatum. Was, hey, come on, just one more. Uh, I promise I'll, I'll I'll do all the management side. I'll I'll pay for the venue. I'll find a location. You just get the people there and run the event. But I'll cover everything else. I'll get the stream set up. I'll get the concessions. I'll pay for all of it. I'll do all of it. Um, and then that was enough to convince Ian and Charlie both to say yes, we'll do it. Um, so in 2013, the year I graduated. Um, we ran our first KIT after like a two or three year 
uh, hiatus. Um, and this was the agriculture center in Murfreesboro. We ran it on the small side. And I went all out, you know, I, I had a stream wrap tables. I had like five-inch banners, I, you know, no spares, you know, um, no expenses spared. And, and at the time I was working at Advanced Auto Parts making like seven fifty an hour or something, some crap like that. Uh, so I just saved up as much as I could just to kind of pay for this venue, which is way more than I should have spent on any kind of <laughs> going away gift for myself. But anyways, it, it happened. Um, but it turned out really good. Uh, a lot of people came. And, and Ian and Charlie were very like very like blown away by like just the setup and the atmosphere and and, and and Ian ran the tournament. He ran the brackets and called the the, the, the matches and stuff like that. And I, and I did everything else. I brought people in. Uh, I had the the setup done. I worked with the venue in terms of like uh, cleanup, contract security, all, all that stuff, all those concessions. We did concessions too, uh, and I brought everything in. And after the event, um, they were kind of looking. I was like, man. This could be something really big, and and at that point I was ready moving out, you know, of Tennessee, and I was like, well, guys, if you want, we can do one here again here next year if you want. And they're like, nah, I don't know about that, or something, you know, something along those lines. But at the same at the same time, you know, Ian, I mean, I, I saw the look in Ian's eye. Ian saw that this was something there, and I was like, come on, man, let's. He's like, I know you want to do this. Let's do this. Let's do another one. And he's like, well, you got to talk to my wife. And convince her, <laughs> convince my wife, because we we have a daughter, and, and her name is Julia. At that point, he only had one 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 kid, but her name is Julia. And I, and I talked to the lad, and I was like, "Hey, lad, you know, I, I know you you've seen KIT, you you've seen like the amount of people that we hear, you've seen what we're capable of doing. We can grow this into something bigger." Um, and I kind of pictured it as, "Hey, this could be, this could turn into something bigger, and ultimately maybe become like a way of supporting." your kids like college right like mm. you know use it as like a secondary income uh to help your kids um and and so she she really liked that idea a lot and and so she's like you know what go for it you know you guys try it out and see where this takes us um and then from that point on 2014 is when we hit our first weekend event so our first 3d event and we rented the whole bar like the whole building both sides right for the ag- agricultural center and uh, the rest is history you know, 20, 2014 is really when we we hit the map uh, to the rest of the United States or the rest of the fighting game community to show, like, hey, look, these guys are serious and they mean business, and and you know we're here to um, we're here to stay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just been a lot of tough weekends, a lot of tough years, a lot of lot, lot of hard work. Um, you know, from 2014 to now, I mean, you know, we've been doing seven years now, right? Like seven years of running 3D events would you say that the like the fighting game community was kind of like growing a lot yes yes and then the pandemic probably dealt yeah. the big so blow, 2019 right? is when the fighting game community as as a whole like kind of revamped itself um because it was stagnant for a real long time um and, and the game i give credit to would be street fighter 4 so when street fighter 4 came out uh it kind of revitalized fighting games again because it was it was like a fresh take on Street Fighter, and coming from the previous generation, and it was it was modern, it was cool. Um, you know, there was a lot of mixed feelings with with the community that you know it was it was too goofy or too new, and the mechanics aren't the same. But but after people got used to it, people began to really enjoy uh, enjoy that game a lot, and it really just gave people a reason to kind of come out and do come out to events and whatnot. So I would say Street Fighter Four is like a big player. In resurging 
the fighting game community to push it forward. And and since then, all these other games started coming into play, right? Tech, Tekken Tag 2 came out, uh, so it was still kind of running around, swinging things. Uh, a new version of Smash Brothers, uh, Mortal Kombat, and then, and then with the introduction of Injustice, which is the first Injustice, uh, made by another Realm Studios, which is the same team that made Mortal Kombat, but, you know, they, they, they got a really good IP. You know, they get a they were able to make a fighting game with DC characters and you know DC has an amazing roster of you know great IPs you know great characters Batman Superman you, I mean, you name it mm-hmm. um, so that brought in a lot of people too just because the, the characters you know people love these superheroes and then so just kind of brought those people in too so we're getting large influxes of new new fighting game players that would never have played fighting games in the past just because of like the popularity of the characters or ease of access, things like that. You know, combining with other events throughout the United States that are running too, we're just getting more popular. People were coming out to these kind of events because there are just not that many. And like I said, we're probably maybe like 10, 10 big events throughout the year, you know, right. historically. So you guys, are you guys um, probably considered like a regional type of uh, tournament? Are you at, at that level? Um, initially, we were regional. regional um, and, and at some point, people started classifying us as majors. Um, and I, and to be honest, I don't know what the def, real definition of a regional major is. A lot, so, some people say it's numbers of people, and some people say it's the caliber of players, and some people say it's a combination of both or just the regions of where people are coming from. Uh, I feel like we were more of a major when we started getting people from all over the United States, not just from the surrounding states. Uh, you know, I feel like we were regionals up until that point, right? So it's all, you know, typically we get, you know, Tennessee, you know, Georgia, Alabama, um, Florida, Kentucky, just any of the surrounding states, right? Arkansas, uh, just any states that touched us, the Carolinas. Um, you know, you know, if we got those people, then we would start to call ourselves, you know, just regionals, you know, because that's what it is. It's just regional players that are traveling in. Uh, but really, the first year we went. Three as a three-day event. It's when we started getting like people from New York City, people from California, like all aspects, you know, of of United States and some international, but not many, but just like a, one or two international from some from Mexico. Uh, that came up, Puerto Rico, I think, is is actually the the correct correct area, but mm-hmm. uh, that came up to come up to come our events. So from that point on, we're like, okay, well, uh, at that point, I would call myself a major, but some people would argue otherwise and say, hey. You know, you need 5,000 people or 2,000 people or whatever, whatever the magic right. number is to be called a major. But but for me, you know, getting the people from all over, all over overseas from Europe, even in some of our years, we got people from Europe, people from Korea, uh, South America, obviously all over the United States. And we got top players from all the respective games. We got literally the best players within the respective games coming to our event. So at that point, you know, why, why wouldn't I call myself a major? Right. Um, and whatever game you name, like think about it. You know, whatever game that's named, like we literally got like the top three or four people of that game coming to our event. <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of long, long answer short <laughs> or short answer long. Right? <laughs> Sounds pretty major to me. Here's a here's a question for you. You uh, you're throwing in uh, Smash is one of those games. Like I, I definitely would have expected Smash Brothers to be a bigger like uh, following or impact than. Street Fighter or Tekken, and am I wrong about that? Is uh, or is that just maybe a little bit outside of the niche? 
no, no. Smash is a is is a huge fighting game community. Smash is very huge, but it did not get big until GameCube. So Melee. Oh. Melee is really what put Smash on the map. Because up until then, uh, Smash was really, really, really closely tied to like a party type game. Um, and, and obviously, people Nintendo's even said it themselves. They 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 made Smash as a party game initially, right? It's just we just made it competitive. And then during the time that we were running events, um, it was no longer Melee was the newest game. It was Brawl, which Brawl was on the Wii, you know, on Nintendo Wii. Uh, but Brawl, they they incorporated more elements into it that forced it to be more of a party game, quote-unquote, than an actual regular fighting game. So it wasn't really until people started modding Brawl and, and hacking it and, and then going back and converting, going back to playing melee until, you know, that's really when Smash started like accelerating and becoming a much, much bigger monster beast than it is. Uh, but in terms of like single handedly, like large number of entrants, Smash would by, be by far the largest. Uh, just because uh, it's, it's just, I feel like it's a legacy game. So melee, melee held down the fort for a very long time. And you know when you get a game that people continue to play and never changes, uh, you just keep adding more to the community. Um, and then melee held that for a very very long time, which is probably why Smash is as big as it is now. Um, and then fast forward to now with the Switch Switch edition of Smash, Nintendo just said, "Screw it, we're gonna embrace the fighting game community, and we're gonna make this super competitive, and we're gonna do everything that fighting game players want." And now Smash is like crazy; it's exploded. You know, so yes, now now it's certainly the the largest game fighting game just in general, um, in terms of in terms of attendance, especially in terms of attendance and sales and you know, it's it's definitely up there. And then for for us, our Smash numbers are really really big too. Um, and if you notice, I, I don't know if you went to our event, Clint, but uh, we had we have on finals day we had two screens, two major screens, and we were running them tandemly. Uh, we were running Smash on finals day as well as the other. I would have loved to have gone. I was actually uh, out of town. My uh, my brother was uh, he actually I was able to go to his uh, Navy retirement. So he uh, on the uh, on the thirtieth he retired from the Navy, and I think that is the day that uh, or right around that time that that Tony was there. So yeah, he had told me all about it. Yeah, it's um, totally and it sounded like it sounded cool. I was glad he got to that he got to go. Um, yeah, but we, I haven't seen Tony forever. <laughs> all right, come out, Tony. It was totally it was a total surprise. <laughs> so actually, I think story time on that when uh, I was driving. So I drove from Nashville out to Virginia, and uh, I don't know, it was like ten hours or something. I was driving, so I called Tony on the way because. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't drive ten hours without uh, a little Tony in my life, right? And Tony is telling me the story that he goes, "Yeah, so I saw this. My, you know, my buddy really wanted to go to this event, and it's in town here, and and uh, so I was checking out the website, and I noticed this name. I'm like, that's a very interesting name, Beely. You know, I, I knew a guy named Beely. Uh, he goes, I wonder if that's the same guy, and he said. And uh, he might have been flexing on me a little bit. He goes, yeah, so it turns out my buddy wanted to go to this big event, you know, they were having about fighting games, and uh, I know the guy who runs it. I was like, no. He was like, 
Yeah, he's my friend, you know. Told me the he told me the whole story, and then he was going to be able to go and and see you and enjoy the event. So I, I thought that was just an awesome happenstance that, um, by nature of Tony having a friend who I've uh, I've met, we all played uh, Alien Fireteam Elite, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, and and got to spend a little time with his friend that way. And it's interesting, man. Video games, how they just kind of keep us together. Like I, I recently. Uh, I worked with Tony um, and Vance, who's another uh, co-host, uh, for the last five years in Nashville here. Uh, but I recently left, uh, you know, the job that we that we shared, and they basically, when I was saying, I'm like, guys, I think I'm gonna quit, and they were like, yeah, I don't know, just wherever you go, make sure you have internet. You know, that's what they told me. You know, it's like because <laughs> even though we're we've known each other for years and we spend time together in person and we hang out in person. Uh, the fact that we have video games that we could spend that time together, even when we're apart, is uh, is just kind of a very special thing, you know, when it comes to this community and this kind of a. It is this, awesome. To be able yeah. To live it, yeah. Be able to live in. Well, you kind of left out the 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 other ironic part of the the story, Clint, was that the the guy that took me to the event or wanted to initially take me to the event, uh, Jaime who's a, a super fan of the show, uh, actually works with your partner, Ian. Is that a part of it? Yeah, that was the other part work. of it. He, they actually they work, in the work? Apartment yeah. together. Yep, they work, they work side by side. They work literally together in the same apartment. <laughs> okay, so that's crazy because I'm just going to chalk it up to I'm driving, you know, I got to pay attention to the road or whatever, you know, not that I'm just... Zoning out when Tony's talking to me. Um, really smart world stuff. Right. I mean, I, I saw Tony make make a post on our KIT page on because we we had a post and Tony had uh, made a post on it mentioning some things. Oh, hey, I didn't know you run this. This is super cool. You know, something like something along those lines. And and I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. I, was, I wonder how Tony even thought out about this. But you know, I responded back. But I think the reply just showed me as the KIT mm. uh, account. Right, it didn't show my name. Yeah, did not your name, yeah. Um, but but then then I think later I texted him or called you or something. No, it was on a Facebook message. You yeah. I didn't have your number at the time, or maybe I did and my phone switched or something like that and I lost it. But yeah, I messaged you. I was like, hey Tony, I'm gonna be in town for this event that you you made a comment on. But I don't know if if you're around, I'll give you some tickets. You and your wife or whoever you want, you know. Uh, it's my event. I run it, so you, you're more than welcome to invite whoever you want to invite. And uh, you know. Uh, I gave you a call that, that, <laughs> that weekend or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, I'm in town. And, and he was like, hey, well, I have a friend who want, wanted to go, and he's the one that showed me. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, bring him along, whoever you want to bring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and lo and behold, I didn't even know that he worked with my partner, Ian. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they saw each other. Like, you were introduced me to like, Ian, and then yep, yep. I was introducing like, hey, you to Jaime. <laughs> and they were like, wait, I work with you. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Yeah. So what, what we've learned from that is that Ian is not doing a good enough job promoting this in his place of business. <laughs> well, the tough thing with this kind of work, because, you know, me and Ian, we, we both work in fields that aren't even related to fighting games or video games, for example, right? I work in construction. Uh, Ian works for uh, a parent company of Square D, or I think Square D is the parent company, and it's one of the sister companies. Uh, so and Ian's like a electrical engineer and he has a master's degree from Vanderbilt. Uh, so he's like super like super smart, you know, super genius guy. Um, 
and, and both of our jobs don't, don't really they're not really related so we generally you know for me in construction i don't talk about kat i don't talk about fgc or anything like that because uh it's just not a normal uh, conversation that comes up and then people kind of look at you funny or right. you know what i'm saying like it's one of those kind of things that are just aren't normal to bring up um and 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 I, and I might be just speaking for myself maybe not ian but at least for me in the position i'm in you know if i was like hey look i am an owner or co-owner of this company that runs fighting events you know some comp some owners of other you know the company i work for they might be looking at me kind of funny i was like wait wait you own you own a business too and you work with us how does that work you know how the what is the conflict of interest now? right yeah conflict of interest I was like oh, well how much time are you spending for your company and not mine and you know i, I don't want to get into like the details i was like hey look guys this is just a hobby that just kind of turning something more i don't you know i don't this is not a 40 hour a week mm -hmm. kind of job you know <laughs> I, I do it on my spare time after work but uh it's just one of those conversations i just didn't want to deal with uh and, and i'm sure ian probably in a similar boat i'm probably sure you know i'm sure that he's you know, he's a musician high up enough in the company where like he just doesn't want to give away less. like hey i run tournaments for fun in nashville you know right yeah um, you know so so maybe that's it you know for for him but for me that certainly was one of the reasons it just there's just no relation or and it just didn't make sense for people and, and i would talk about it if people say hey you like video games yeah yeah i bring it up all the time you know it's like oh yeah i love video games i i, I have my own event and stuff like that but uh, for my work my last job there was a rumor that came out that you know and i told people i was open about it i, I, I didn't lie you know you asked me about it yeah i run or in kat i run this fighting game event we had arcade machine and whatever you know you name it uh playstations all that kind of stuff to to run tournaments and i, and I was running uh, the texas event and the owner of my company at the time had heard got wind of me running a gaming event uh so he he called me and said hey really i need to talk to you one-on-one -on -one, uh in my office you know and this is like maybe my second year there uh and i had already run a kt x sorry a texas one and uh came in he's like hey billy man i heard uh i heard you're running these kind of gaming events uh over here in texas can you tell me a little bit more about it you know and because he was kind of kind of you know i was like man this guy is uh asking me some really weird way of asking me this but you know i kind of trying to explain it to him and stuff like that the best i could and he's not a game he's the owner of a construction company right like he, he knows nothing about gaming he's just like <laughs> you know works in concrete and you know that that kind of world you know and then he's like a multi-billionaire right asking me these questions and he's my boss he's my director he, he writes my checks and i'm like oh crap i'm getting fired <laughs> he's gonna fire yeah. me because i'm running this tournament one day tournament a year kind of deal um but i explained to him and he's like okay so so you're not is, is it gambling are you running slot machines i was like no oh my goodness no, this has nothing to do he's like he's like let me so i put on my phone and just showed him like the machines that he's talking about he's like, oh i understand now and, and for some reason the rumor had spread out about that i was running a casino an illegal underground ring of casinos and like making money in texas like that's what he thought hey was, uh <laughs> Uh, let's just I'll, start that business that sounds like a good uh good idea you know and i laughed and i told him i was like hey look if, if i was doing that i would not be working at your company like i would be right hand over fist <laughs> if i was running a legal an illegal like operate right you know like a, a slot machine operation or something like that like no there's nothing like that at all then i tried to say like, hey look i'm literally i have literally playstations and nintendo switches and you know xboxes and those kind of things and tvs and this is what we're doing this is like very public this stream live on twitch and 
anybody can enter this you know people can show up and like I, you know i hire police officers to run security at my events like those kind of things like there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing illegal what i'm doing at all and and from that point he didn't even care he's like oh, okay well you keep doing what you're doing i guess as long you know it's, he's like as long as it's not affecting my work you know work at, at, at construction oh, that's like you know and I'm, i was like absolutely not i was like hey, i was like i've been doing this for you know i've been with the company for two years at that point i was like well do you see any issues with me at the company now and he's like nope i was like well then then you have your answer <laughs> and he kind of just left it alone he's, he's like okay cool so that that's pretty funny in that sense but yeah those are the kind of conversations i want to avoid my bosses and current bosses like, like I mean, even right now you know my current boss we have a good relationship but I, I i tell him you know i tell him i have hobbies i play games stuff like that but i, I don't go out of my way to say hey look i run a tournament and you know it's this many people to enter and we have a lot of fun blah blah you know because because in, in the grand scheme of things um uh kit you know i would say it's 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 pretty it's a pretty big big event um, but it's far from, you know, replacing my my day job, right? Like it's just not. It's still a hobby. At the end of it, it's just a it's still a hobby that right. I'm able to like take the money and feed it right back into the hobby and just to continue moving forward. But uh, can I retire from it? Far from it. You know, I I wish I could. You know, in in the perfect world, that would be really nice if I could just run events for a living, uh, and make the money I make now. But in reality, you know, I I have a degree in construction that pays the bills you know and, and and i enjoy the work that i do now as well it's one of those things like you know i i, I work to be able to utilize the, the the money that i get from my normal job to supplement my hobbies right and, and gaming is one of them you know um or, or video gaming is one of them i mean i'm, I'm a tabletop gamer and that's how me and tony met we met through tabletop gaming only we mm-hmm. I mean tony never knew that we really video gamed <laughs> much um, I don't think I ever really told, talked to people much at GA about it. You know, I, I mean, I, I told Chris and I told a few people who were asked, but um, in terms of like me, like really pushing the video game and KIT and so I never really advertised. All right. I think I remember you having one conversation about it uh, that I overheard yeah, you uh, much, uh, right? yeah. and Chris were having. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I glossed. I mean, I just kind of glossed over it and just kind of talked about it just because I, I know that people there. They were they were there for board games, right? They weren't not necessarily. I didn't. They were there for uh, yeah TCG games, tabletop games, Warhammer, Warhammer card games, and yeah, those kind of games. And so, and most people I knew there just that's all they knew and that's all they liked. So you know, fighting games just was not a normal thing for people. Um, for the exception of the people that were closer to me, you know, like Jeremy. I grew up, you know, me and Jeremy live in the same neighborhood. Uh, in Tennessee, so. Uh, he got into fighting games because of me and Justin as well, you know, Justin yeah. Jackson. Um, you know, we became close, you know, growing up in uh, Tennessee, so I got him involved in it. And obviously me and Chris are really, you know, I, I consider him like my family. And, and I tell him a lot of things. And I was, hey, man, I run this tournament. Come check it out, you know. And, uh, so he's he's been to a lot of my events yeah. for years, you know. We, we just never really told people about it, the story, think, you know. It's I think, kinda... you know, they all kind of share the same uh... – game board gaming tabletop gaming if you if you yeah. were in the competitive scene of either of those things it, it kind of aligns with you know fighting game community stuff you, you get to travel somewhere with your friends experience yeah. you know a weekend event it's really you know it's really cool it, it uh, is very uh, similar uh, it's like a, going to a gen con or something like that you know something similar uh, and there's a lot of overlap I mean 
I'm, I'm a prime example. I play tabletop games, and I also play video games or fighting games in a sense. And I'm I'm very I was very heavily competitive, right? In WoW TCG, I would say, like you, I mean, <laughs> look at all the weekends that we, all the weeks we spent together playing WoW, like you, me, and everybody else, you know, that that played. I I always had the competitive spirit. I was always into a way of competing with people and, and fighting games. What was my digital version of that? You know, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But but now now I mean I don't play it as much as I used to. Uh, certainly, and I, I think I'm, I'm more focused on the planning and organizing side of events, I guess, not, not so much as playing. So uh, one of the questions that we got from our listeners they wanted to ask is, uh, what what sort of things happen behind the scenes at, at one of your tournaments that you're organizing that people wouldn't necessarily be uh, aware of, you know, that goes into the whole... Process. Are we asking craziest story, or can that be the uh, part B of this question? Um, I would dare say the craziest, the craziest things that happen at any kind of event, including ours, right, including ours, happen in front of the scenes. It's not necessarily behind the scenes stuff. A lot of crazy stuff just happens in the front, in the forefront of it, uh, whether through stream or through the event or through competitors. Um, I, I mean, you weren't at our event, but you know what? And the next one, I would I would recommend if you have the time to come check it out. But um, the players are very very competitive. When um, when is the next one? You guys have it planned um, yet? We don't have it planned yet. Uh, so we're kind of um, so we generally try to plan a year at a time. That's generally the census rate. Um, hopefully we can shoot it for the same same weekend. So Halloween weekend next year is kind of the idea where we would want it. Uh, but obviously that involves like and that's some behind scenes stuff. But that involves like negotiation with contracts and venue space and availability and making sure other some other events not taking up the space. Um, you know, traditionally in the past or historically not traditionally historically in the past, we've ran, ran our event in Franklin Marriott. So right outside of Nashville, right? Uh, we run our event in the Franklin Marriott. Uh, but because of COVID, things have changed and uh, the the hotel booked our usual dates for some other event and it's just a first come first serve you know if, if somebody signs up and pays a deposit then they get the event and there's not a whole lot i can do with it you know so those are the kind of things that we have to face as an event organizer and and, and you know building a relationship with these venues will certainly help for us to continue to stick to a certain date and, and it's consistency is really key for us to help people plan for it you know because if people know to expect to come to our event every halloween for example uh, then they'll just keep that in the back of my mind. They're like, you know what? I can't wait for next year for Halloween to come to KIT again. You know, that's one of the things that we have to factor in or consider for like our uh, behind the scene kind of stuff. Uh, so, but right now we don't know. We're still we're still trying to figure that part out. And we're and with with post COVID or I, I wouldn't say post. We're we're still kind of in the middle of this with COVID going on and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of things are still in the air of how we want to move forward with it. And, and and safety is a concern. You know, we just want to. You know, make sure uh, nobody gets hurt, nobody gets sick, and those kind of things. When when we run, when we decide to announce an event and stuff like that, because uh, we announced this year's event, you know, for October 31st or 31st weekend, uh, Halloween weekend, we announced it like in the beginning of the year, like around uh, February or something like that, February or March. So we were like, well, you know, by the 11th month of the year. <laughs> Things should have gotten. A lot yeah, it, that's that's what we all keep saying. We've been saying that for 
almost two years. Oh, we'll get our acts together at some point. Not, yeah, you know, not anything where we we would want it to be improved. Um, and to be honest, you know, had had I known that we would be in the state that we're in now, I would hold off of running KIT until the following year, until 2022. I would have just rather have waited instead of just kind of risking it and and, and uh, you know dragging people out. Which which uh, I didn't hear you know no no crazy news of anybody getting hurt or sick or anything bad like that from from our event. Luckily, right. But still, you know, I, I would have preferred better circumstances to have an event for people to just really enjoy and have fun. And which which people had fun, people enjoyed it. It was great. You know, it was a lot of people, and um, it, it was a good event. So, and and I think we did very well considering considering what we were fighting up against. So. Well, I'll have to I'll have to plan to be back in Nashville then on uh, on Halloween, twenty twenty two or around that time and go to the next one. But can you tell us like a crazy story or something uh, outlandish that has happened at one of your events? The most outlandish thing, and, and I'm sure, I mean, once you guys look it up, you understand, but the most outlandish thing that we um, have had in KIT, and, and we were, and this is like historical in the FGC world, like we, we, were, we are, KIT is known for this. Um, but long story short, in 2015, and it's online, but in 2015, there was a team tournament that we had where people were uh, playing. It was two, two different regions and playing team tournaments on Friday night. And this is the Ag Center. Um, and there's there's something that we call in our in our scene in the FGC is called pop offs. I don't know if you have that in any other scene, but popping off means after you beat somebody, you get up and talk a lot of shit <laughs> to get yeah. the face. Okay, um, and that's what popping off means. And it's not necessarily directly to them, but but you just get up and show a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. It's like, oh, you know, take that. I'm, I'm saying it a lot nicer what can be said. But uh, at, at one point, we had we had a really large pop-off. I wouldn't say large. It was just a typical pop-off. It's just very average pop-off. But um, some people didn't take it kindly to it and and, and it involved. And, and I'll type it into the general chat because I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this. The name of the video and just just look it up. You know, at that point, this happened on a Friday of that event that weekend, and 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 later, I didn't I didn't even know this this was gonna be a thing, right? Uh, so the guy pops off. One of the people in in the audience gets upset because it was Team Tennessee versus Team Alabama. This was three v three versus you know in the fighting game in particular, um, and and the guy the the gentleman uh, wins, pops off, starts talking crap and. And throwing money around, you know, throwing dollar bills and saying, you know, just just talking a lot of smack, right? And, and <laughs> one of the individuals, uh, individuals, she she took offense to it and decided to grab him by like the shirt neck and to try to pull him down because he was staying on top of a chair, like a chop chair, just talking smack, uh, throwing money around. Uh, so she she grabs him and tries to pull him down, which which in any 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 circumstances, grabbing people is a big no no. Yeah, yeah, you don't mess around. Um, you don't mess around. You don't touch people like that. Now, anyway, if you're friends, you can goof around, but these people were not in that kind of friendship relationship for her <laughs> to be able to grab him and try to pull him down. Um, but basically, she was, she was upset, but she was really just grabbing him to try to make him sit down and tell him to sit down and play games. That's really all of that she was trying to do, ultimately. But uh, long story short, he doesn't sit down. He, he's not able to grab him. You know, and he's a pretty strong guy, right? Um, and 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 the only words that came out of his mouth the entire time was, <laughs> whose bitch is it? 
And he just said it like five times in a row, right? And this was on video, right? This is on video. Um, and, and he was just looking at her, like staring down, and he's looking around and he's like, you know, he's just saying, whose bitch is this? And just kept on saying it. Cause, cause he got caught off guard. He's like, who the hell is this? Who's grabbing me to try and pull me down while, while like I'm celebrating my win, you know? And it's just what people do. And um, no one spoke up for her, did they? No, no, no. She was there uh, on her own accord. But, but the, the funny thing is those two know each other. They, they, they've known each other for a number of years. Both have come to my events for years, plenty of like years, five, six, seven years. Uh, so we all know each other. I, I know the, I know, I know the guy, I know the girl. Uh, I know them both very well, and they are both friends to a degree, right? Like they're more of like acquaintances, but uh, but but they've dealt with each other in the past. The relationship was there, but you know she she took a little bit too personally and decided to take it into her own hands, and that's what caused it. Was he um, wearing a red shirt by any chance? He was. He was actually wearing a KIT shirt that I gave him. Yeah. Um. So, so with that being said, that happened Friday night. And it was just really quick. You know, I handled the situation. I'm on the video. Um, I'm the one standing behind a TV screen. I see it happening, and you see, you, I'm the person that immediately breaks them up. I jump in between those two and separate them, and I try to dissolve the situation. So I, I jump on it immediately. And you'll see me on there, Clint, um, on there. And I have a beanie uh, on there, but I, I just wearing a black Casey shirt with a beanie. So, so I separate them, split them apart. Uh, people were accusing him of putting his hands on her first, but he was just trying to get her hands off of him, right? <laughs> but but the whole time, people were blaming the guy. People were blaming him the whole time. People were like, oh, he touched her. He hit her first. All kinds of stuff. Kick him out of the tournament. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. I didn't see any of this happen, you know, because I was, was kind of watching. I was in front of all this. I, just, I didn't see any of this happen, so let me, let me try to figure this out. Let me talk to both parties. Uh, and then the gentleman that was recording it uh, he said, hey, I have this on video. I can prove it to you that he did not hit her or touch her first. She used the instigate. And I was like, cool. Let me read. The, let me see the video. He plays the video, and, and I, I make an announcement out loud. I was like, hey, look, she grabbed him first. He was. He's in, this guy's in the clear. It's not his fault. It's not his problem. So I kick her out of the tournament. I ban her from the event for that weekend, and I ban her for the following year. I was like, hey, you can come back for two years, this year or next year. Uh, and she understood. She she understood. She was like, "Hey, I, I totally get it." Cause I was like, "Hey, this is serious business. Uh, somebody could press charges for this. Like, if the guy wanted to, he can press charges against us. Cause you can't grab people like that. That's just not normal uh, behavior for that." And 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 the guy that got his when he got grabbed, he didn't care. He 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 didn't feel threatened by any means at all. He had no ill intentions against against her. Uh, and like I said, they were friends. They we all knew each other. And he's like, oh, he's like, I don't care. She can come back today. I, I, I'm not going to do anything there. We're, we're cool. You know, pedo moment. Things happen. And he was totally fine with it. And, and I, so I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll let her know. But but she decided to, on her own behalf, to not true up the following year. Just to say, hey, look, uh, I'm going to be the better person. It is my fault. Did, was that her in the video that said, just DQ him? <laughs> like after she grabbed him? No, no, somebody else. That's somebody was it? Uh... Yeah, that's somebody else. Um. <laughs> No, no. She, There's she a lot was, of lot of view. It looks like the same video is. It's even been spliced. Like one of them is like a unsolved mysteries thing. because like, he's asking yeah. that same question over and over again. No, that, uh, that week, that video went viral on World Star. I love it. So World Star is really where it hit first, and I think it hit over a million views on World Star. 
and then if you find it on YouTube, there's there's like 20 copies of the same video. And if you add up all the views from all the videos, it's a it's a lot of views. <laughs> People edited it and spliced it and reworked it, and you know, seeing different renditions, editions of you, and there's memes on it. There's a whole yeah. bunch of different memes. And, and and you know, and I talked to the guy. I was like, hey, uh, delete this video. <laughs> like, you know, I'll talk to him. He's, like, he's like, I won't post it. Don't worry, I won't post it. I was like, okay, that's fine. If you don't post it, that's fine. Um, <laughs> you should have known better. <laughs> I should have known better. But yeah, he he posted it on uh, uh, on Monday, and then I got a call. You know, and after an event, I just sleep in. I sleep in like for one day because I'm just tired and exhausted. Uh, but he, you know, I get like 20 calls on my phone. I'm like. What 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 in the world's going on? Why are people calling me this? And I'm getting text messages and voicemails like Beely Beely, are you online? Do you see this? You see what's going on? Beely, check out WorldStar. Go to WorldStar. Go to WorldStar. Like, you know, go to YouTube. Go to Facebook. Check it out now. And I'm like, what is going on? This is like Monday, you know, Monday afternoon, or Monday late late after, late late morning. I mean, early afternoon. And I'm checking. And I was like, and I see the video. I was like, oh no, <laughs> they posted it. And then at that point, the video had gotten like maybe 600,000 views or something wow. like that. You know, it was still climbing. Um, but yeah, yeah, that became like a very famous event. And, and I think that's probably the quite, quite the most viewed videos in the FGC, uh, like for, for that kind of viral type of event <laughs> uh, for that year. So yeah, yeah, we, we, hold the, we hold that banner, I guess. Of, uh, <laughs> Viral videos. It's not necessarily something I would like to be have known for. You know, violence is not really a good thing at all. Um, but I, I'm, I, fortunately, no one really got hurt. Yeah, it, did. it wasn't particularly violent. You know, no, it was just it uh, someone someone getting their ego involved. In something that yeah. didn't seem like they had a business like, to do most, it. Most people are cool with each other now. They've 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 shook hands and been friends ever since, and, and that has not changed. And they're still cool now, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just a funny you know funny thing that happened. And at the time, it was very serious, you know. I was like, oh oh crap, you know. Yeah. So, so do I need to call the police or do I need to blah blah? blah you know, like what what do I what's the normal process? This has never ever happened. No one's ever <laughs> put their hands on someone violently in this sense, um, you know. And 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 and. As rowdy as the FGC is and hype and, and pop off and those things, nobody in, in my events ever has anybody punched or pushed anybody ever on purpose. Ever. It's never, ever happened. Um, so, so you know, even though the, the, the tensions are high and, and a lot of words are thrown out there and said, uh, no one no one ever really ever gotten intentionally hurt from my events. And that's that's a cool part I like about the FGC yeah. as a whole. Uh you know, it, it's it's rowdy, but at the same time, we we understand that we're all here for the same thing. We're all here to have fun, play games, um, and create rivalries, right? Uh, those kind of things. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's probably the most like outlandish, uh, most viral thing that's ever happened to anything in FGC. Like it's just all of the FGC, everything combined. I want to say that that video, that event, is probably the most viral out of anything, and just happened to be at our event. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's a little bit of internet history there. Yep. Yep. No, yep. But I was cool. there. I was front and center guy that <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing. Tony should check it out. Yeah, check it out. And well, I don't need to share it. It's it's, it's public knowledge, man. It's out there. Right. Anybody who knows anything about the FGC clearly know 
exactly you know and people come up to me all the time and they say they say the terms like oh whose bitch is this you know they come up to me and I'm like so yeah that's me I was there <laughs> I, was, I was the guy I just need to remember. I just need to remember that next time uh, Tony mentions that he sees you or something, I'd be like, "Hey, pass him this message for me." <laughs> I need to and know. Then, you know. The individual, so Tony, the guy, and then you'll see when you see the video, the guy who said it, he's come to my event every every year ever since. Cool. He was yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah. And he, and he's a, he's a great kid. Well, I call him. He's an adult now, right? But but these these are people that. I've known as younger, you know, much younger. I'm 39 now, and these, you know, these kids were like straight out of high school when I first met them, and they were just becoming to coming to these events and learning how to play fighting games and becoming competitive and things like that. So, so, so I still joke around. Yeah, he's he's not really a kid, but yeah, he's a good kid. <laughs> he means well. Um, he, you know, he just gets very you know into it, into the scene, and and, and the smart the smack talk and very like uh, that that set so that mindset, and which I don't blame. I get it. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah it was beautiful the whole thing like you know that's just part there's a culture around uh video games you know it's like and you can take part in it or or not you know like i i, my, I talk about it all the time that i play call of duty and i play it often and the first thing i'm gonna do before i uh play a single game is make sure i mute everybody <laughs> in the game because i don't want to hear a thing out of them because i know what that culture is and i'm like no nah, i'm not that's not i'm not feeling that you know but yeah. that's part of it you know NPCs uh, like that, except it's in your face. But 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 it's not deliberate. It's not really, you know, hurtful things can be said. But it's I've never ever heard anybody say anything like, you know, direct and personal to somebody else. Uh, the most you know the most smack talk is like, oh, you suck at, blah 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 character. You know, yeah, you're like the worst, you know, Smash Brothers player I know or whatever. You know, like <laughs> something along those lines, or like I'm better at you at this character. Those kind of things. Or I'm the I'm the best sub-zero in, in in the world or whatever you know in, in tennessee or in, you know whatever you want to name it those kind of smack talk those things happen all the time but uh, but nothing ever personal in in you know real direct i've never had anything be said in that sense so uh, unfortunately fortunately you know i would say our community is close-knit enough to we, we take care of us and we take care of each other in that sense cool Despite like you know the possible things that could happen or the bad apples that exist, you know we 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 do a pretty good ju- job of weeding out the bad apples. Good, of the awesome community. But awesome. Future announcements we have, um, and obviously if you, if you follow KIT or Community Intensity on uh, Facebook and Twitter, you know those are the two best places to find out news from us. Uh, and then we generally, you know, try to keep people you know who who are interested and involved and up-to-date as much as possible to any kind of events that we run in the future. Um, I would like to run a Texas event, but depending on how, you know, things happen in the future, you know, that, that might be put on hold as well. And I'm just kind of trying to play it play by ear, you know, the whole COVID and the safety issues and and just, um, you know, some places are mandating uh, vaccine cards and stuff like that. You know, Tennessee did not. Uh, Tennessee local government did not have any of those kind of restrictions or requirements, so that's why we were able to just kind of have the event the way we did. Yeah. You know, I personally wore a mask the whole time uh, just because I wanted to let the community know, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm here to be safe. Uh, it's totally your choice if you want to wear one or not, uh, but I will choose to wear one, you know, just to cover the bases, right? Yeah. Just to not have anybody worry uh, so much. And um, so, yeah, yeah, no, it's a uh, 
different times you know I, i've never never imagined that we would be in the situation we're in now but you know we're just going through it the best we can right kind of hopefully you know be bigger better and stronger in the future really but when but yeah, uh, thanks for having me you know thanks for having me guys i do appreciate it no we really appreciate you uh taking the time you know you're busy it's a work day and you had a long day at work and uh yeah, taking yeah, the time to uh to, For the to, listeners, it is 2.48 a.m. right now. We're it's, always uh, recording late here at Good Game Radio. I, uh, uh, <laughs> Beely, I, I basically, uh, when I was working, I had a really early bedtime that we uh, always were very respectful of. But if I was tired, I would still just claim it was midnight every time anyway. Because uh, they don't know when we're recording this. I can just say whatever time I want, right? That's kind of what I realized. And, uh, you know, I find that uh, I really like to lie a lot, apparently, about what time it is. And I told this to uh, to Tony recently that I'm always lying about us recording the podcast. I've always added like five or six hours to whatever the time is. And when I go to Ireland, I am going to be six hours ahead of them. And so I basically, I have doomed myself to... Uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, apparently. So I will actually be up that late at night in the future, and it won't even be a lie. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Beely. Uh, I'm going to go watch Bloodsport. There you go. Kumate, man. Kumate. Kumate. Yeah, um, you know, not related, not related, but sort of related. I tried to reach out to Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, directly to see if he would come out to one of our events, just like as a cameo, like just to show off, you know. But man expensive just to so i kind of scratched that it would have been you, cool though. listen we can edit it out of the podcast but i'm so curious how much john claude van damme costs for a cameo remember the exact number but i want to say it was like thirty thousand dollars or something for one day <laughs> for him to show up and it was something ridiculous it was like i would not be surprised if it was actually thirty thousand dollars it was something like around that ballpark it was something crazy wow and and during this time, like he had he hadn't done anything in forever. Expendables <laughs> wasn't even a thing. Like he showed back up during Expendables two, right, or something like that, right, or maybe Expendables one. Um, like he wasn't he wasn't relevant until Expendables came out, and he was like the mean villain guy, right, that died. I remember, I probably have seen that. I don't like I don't know. Expendables has all like the. Old yeah, school. I remember that one's yeah. It's got Stallone and Stallone was in there, yeah. Was, in the, yeah. was Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold in, it? in it? Yeah, yeah. John Claude Van Damme was in it. Um just to name a few, but yeah, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So they were all in it. Um and that's the first time we've seen him since forever, really. Like he just quit he just quit doing movies. I mean which I get, you know, you make a lot of money and you can just live on that for a long time. Yeah. There's really no need to anymore i guess right <laughs> just show well, up unless you want all the money <laughs> um, but yeah i had reached out to like his um i don't know what they're called but the people who manage uh probably his publicist yeah or something like that yeah i reached out to whoever because they were like hey you want you know you want to book something with with him blah, blah blah reach out to us here his agent his agent gotcha <laughs> yeah and they threw like they threw like a crazy number that I would never ever dream of spinning. Like I, I don't have that kind Take of Take a thing. zero off of it. <laughs> yeah. Take a zero off of that. And then we can talk. But yeah, KFT does not, you know, we're far from, oh my gosh. 
like I can never ever afford him ever. <laughs> like just you just don't make that kind of money. <laughs> it's just not a not a thing. But yeah, yeah, I tried I tried to get him to come out. Um, but yeah, Bloodsport is uh, our inspiration for for the name. Cool. And uh, I love the movie. I have I have the DVD and VHS somewhere in the house, in my mom's house, I guess. So, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I mean it's such a cool. I mean it's it's a it's a, it's a campy movie now. Looking back at it, right? Seen it in maybe like twenty years or something, but I yeah. feel like uh, at the time, man, was it such a badass movie? Like, man, oh, it's it so, so cool. awesome. Yeah, so cool, man. Looking at him fight, and you know, it's just fighting and stuff like. But yeah. I can remember so much of it, you know, like so many things about the movie. And I, I feel like maybe I did see it like because I trained martial arts for quite a few years. And what happens what when you do that is that you judge every movie that has any martial arts in it so much harder. <laughs> like It's so difficult to watch anything like, oh, a bunch of them came out like oh, 10 years ago or something. Um, and I just skipped them all. Yeah, I just skipped them all because it was like I watched. I think I watched one of them, and then all the other ones. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that. It's painful to watch people do mixed martial arts in movies because it's just so bad, you know. Like, uh, yeah, for sure, it's it's really a lot of acrobatic type. Yeah, and it's the same. Even going back and watching Rocky, like, oh, they're so bad. Like when you watch any sort of contact sport, you know, having experience in it, it's it's rough. <laughs> not quite the same, but. But I mean, you know, for, for, for the uneducated, you know, um, it certainly makes for a good show. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. Makes for an entertaining watch. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, Kumite, Tennessee came from Bloodsport, you know. Um, and it was it was cool. I mean, it, you know, we got we took the name and ran with it. And it was before, it was for, I mean, Bloodsport, that, by that time, it was like non-existent. People didn't even care about the movie. Like, people were like, oh, what? Probably like 94 somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, it was like, where did this name come from? And this is the early 2000s. I was like, yeah, you know, Bloodsport. Kumite, Kumite, man. Kumite, Kumite. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay. That's I will tell you that I I immediately knew what it was. Like, Tony didn't have to tell me or anything. Like, I just, I, I immediately, when I think that, like, uh, I could I could remember it in the, hey, he's going blind into the final fight. I remember the whole, you know, the whole yeah. thing. I used to love that movie. Isn't what isn't there like another uh, tournament uh, series that uses Kumite? Is it Red Bull? Yeah, it's called Red Bull Kumite. They just call it Red Bull Kumite. Okay, I've never heard of that. <laughs> called Red Bull Kumite, and they do the same thing. They do fighting games, but they do exhibition type fighting games. So they they have like a really small pool of players that play, and then they broadcast it, and they usually just pick one game at a time. So so they just do like one game. Like right. it could be just Street Fighter, and that whole weekend is just Street Fighter, and they just have a small pool of people to enter and play, and then they showcase like the the finals day, the top eight people or whatever, and then um, they pay a good prize payout and stuff like that. But Red Bull is very supportive um, of fighting games, and then they are one of our larger, better sponsors, you know, larger sponsors for our events. So they've given us a lot of free Red Bull in the past to just give away to people, a lot of free Red Bull. So if you want <laughs> You can drink all the Red Bull you wanted. That's the weekends right. of um, Last year, last year. This year was Monster. This year, you can drink all the Monster you want. <laughs> yeah, I think I had one of those. Yep. The bra- they, the, I can't remember which they flavor. They wanted you to drink fruit, fruit punch you, or something. If you want it, you just take it. 
Yeah. And those, those same way for Red Bull, you know, Red Bull. And, and then, they, yeah, they were very supportive. And they were like, here, take cases home. <laughs> I was like, man, I can't even drink this much in one year. Like, <laughs> they're like, just take it anyways, you know. Uh, so so they they were very you know very generous in that sense of uh, supporting us and and uh, helping us out. But but yeah yeah Red Bull uses the terminology Kumite and Kumite is just, just a generic term right. right. It's like a, um, so we don't own the rights to that. We just we just own Kumite in Tennessee as a combined mm-hmm. thing. You know so we we have that in Kumite in Texas. You know we have those things. But, yeah. Who's going to try to even take Kumite in Tennessee? Like, <laughs> There's nobody yeah. else in Tennessee running anything. They're not going to mess around with you. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, folks. That's, that wraps up our episode tonight. Thanks again to Beely for taking the time uh, and uh, spending with us, uh, sharing his stories of uh, Kumite in Tennessee and his uh, life experiences as a tournament organizer. Really appreciate you stopping by and uh, giving us an insight into uh, the life of a tournament organizer. And uh, to our listeners, yeah, to our listeners, uh, thanks for stopping by, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Later, dudes. <laughs>